Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, Heroes of the Horn? This is Stephen, your host with Anthology Podcast, with my lifelong friends, Jake and Josh, talking about the Wheel of Time Season 2, Episode 8, the season finale. And we have not covered every episode this season, but we have done several of these episodes. So uh, now we get to finally see, uh, you know, what are some, some of our uh, culminating thoughts and where do we land on everything that's happened. And let's focus mostly on the finale, but we can have some kind of broader season discussion too if we if we want to get there but uh just to start off what do you guys think did it land for you i was i mean through the first seven episodes i was kind of up and down i was really hoping for something big in episode eight and i'll just kind of start the discussion by saying i thought they took a huge swing here they threw everything they could at this episode they obviously they spent you know probably most of their budget on this one episode so they really went for it. How did it? How did it play out? <laughs> I li- I liked personally. I liked the analogy that you gave in your in your review, Stephen. Um, that it was like probably like a double or a triple. I believe is the analogy you used. I'm not a big baseball guy, but generally that means that like they got like two plates right. Like it wasn't a right, home run, yeah. but they, double, yeah, double yeah. second. You, I mean, you know baseball enough to know yeah. a, a double or triple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, yeah. Josh. <laughs> I, I yeah, I guess I wasn't sure if that means that two people ran home or just that the one person got to two bases. I don't know. No, just that the one person advances to that number of bases. I'm actually recording this podcast during the uh, Diamondbacks playoff game right now, so that's how dedicated I am, and and that's that's why the baseball analogy came out. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the most recent baseball experience I have, my nephew's on the baseball team, so I try and make a couple of those games every season. But that's right. about the only experience I have. I want to get into baseball. Do you? <laughs> It's more yeah. fun nowadays. They they made some changes to the rules recently, so now it moves a lot faster. It's it's uh, more exciting to watch. You can't the the pitcher time is that you're talking about? Yeah, there's pitcher time. You can only throw over so many times. They they've done a few kind of subtle things, so mm-hmm. it doesn't feel too much different. But the action just happens faster. How are the A's? Wait, no, A's are, the, the A's are terrible. The A's are the worst in the league, Jake. Yeah, okay. money okay. balls so- over. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Josh. So- Sorry, um, we'll talk it, about Wheel of Time. Yeah. Anyway, I, I thought it I thought it worked. Um, I thought it was great television. Yeah, maybe better television than like better ad- adaptation of um of the Great Hunt. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought it did really good. I thought it was engaging, kept my attention. There definitely was like some plot armor going on. You know, and there's definitely some nitpicky things that maybe are beyond, maybe not aren't quite nitpicky like stuff that is just pretty glaring. You know, plot. I always struggle with this word, plot con- contrivances. Contrivances, yeah, contrivances. Contrive, yeah. Are we? That's a word. Yes, that sounds like a word. Yeah, yeah. it is now. <laughs> accepted. Contrived These words are accepted, Josh. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, there, there's definitely some things that you can point out, um, but just as like watching it and enjoying it. 
I really enjoyed it while I was watching it. And I thought it hit well. I thought that it ended up that some of the arcs throughout the season, some of the character arcs were concluded in pretty satisfying ways, especially like with the land Moraine stuff. I thought that that was concluded in a much more satisfying way than was in episode seven. Um, Matt actually has something to do. And Egwene, I thought that was the strongest point of the season continued to be a strong point. Um, this episode, I think some of my disappointments were naive, maybe throughout the episode didn't have much to do. And obviously like if you're comparing it to the book, it wasn't, I don't think quite as epic and satisfying as the ending of book two, but still just um, a good episode. I thought, I thought it was great TV. There's my thoughts broadly. Hit on a lot of points there. Yeah. Funny you mentioned yeah. the, the baseball analogy. I was just listening to, there's a YouTube channel I, I like to listen to called the punk rock NBA. And it was going over best uh, cover songs of punk the rock 2000s. NBA. Is this a, is this a channel I need to follow? I really like him. He does a, actually, I don't know if it was that channel. He or does a lot like of Twitch streams. That he then, yeah. He does Twitch streams that he then converts to YouTube videos. But he, he referred to a couple of the covers as doubles, nothing amazing, but solid. And so it's funny that um, I was just listening to that and that came up. If I were to use a baseball analogy, I would say this was a walk. Like they walked to first. That's a, that's a good thing. I mean, that like is they didn't a strike successful. Out, but they got... A yeah, walk yeah, is yeah. a successful play. To I know. Pass. I know. Compared okay. to last season, which was a strikeout. Okay. Okay. Right. So this was like barely made it on base is what I'm trying to say. Maybe walk isn't the right. Like no, I said, okay. No, no. I, I'd like walk to get into fine. baseball. Walk is fine. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, I, I like the idea of baseball. <laughs> it's not like a, it's not an exciting hit or anything like no, as a fan. Like, yeah. yeah. I think. Um, and as like, we just barely recorded for six and seven. Mm-hmm. And I think I was higher on six and seven than you guys were, or maybe specifically seven. Like I thought it carried momentum. And then I think the smaller points of this, the smaller plot points of this episode were handled pretty well. Like I thought Perrin was decent. Like he had some cool parts, but I think Rand, Moraine, Nynaeve were all pretty lackluster and Ishamayel as well. Let's go through maybe like one at a time, character at a time, Matt and kind of another, throw some. Matt's another high point. I agree. Yeah, yeah. For the most part. So, let's say. Uh, by the way, if you have not read the books, we will not do spoilers. I mean, I do want to maybe talk a little bit about Shamael, which I feel like could be. I think. Spoilers. I think we do spoilers through book three again. Still, right? Okay. Okay. I'll try to talk around what I. Uh, yeah, I, I think we can talk enough where, like, if you. I've not read the books. You can kind of, you won't know what we're really talking past about. past book three. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Okay, anyway, so should we start with Rand? Because, I mean, I think he was the headliner of this yeah. uh, punk rock episode. And uh, he had a lot to do. There was when, so for me, the worst part of the episode was Rand v. Turok, which was just yeah. like, what was that? I thought that was awesome. I, I don't think... I don't think it was I the worst that, part, man. but that was the I worst part like of the whole it. thing for me. I thought that was like a that was great for me. Josh, what what isn't good for you though? Let's be honest. Naive. Okay, wait. Just because you didn't I, do anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I honestly thought it was I thought that was funny. I I don't remember like I don't Turok wasn't a character I ever thought about like after I read the, the books. That yeah, confrontation is between, a huge part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That blade master duel is pretty epic. That's how he becomes a blade master and earns that, earns the title and earns the, like the ownership of a Heron Mark blade essentially 
which is which in, in the book it's a bigger theme because he's training with land mm-hmm. but i think the the worst part about that scene to me was they reference like they clearly reference the part in the book other apart from them just meeting like Turok says the same line of let's see what it takes to be a blade master on this side of the ocean and it's like oh we'll reference this and then falls flat i think the issue here with for me was this was just bleed over from some bad decisions they made at the beginning of the season because they didn't have ran and land together at the beginning so they couldn't do any training ran never had a chance to progress his (laughs) his swordsmanship right throughout and then by the time we get up to book eight or i mean episode eight we can't have him duel because it would look ridiculous if he was to beat him in a sword fight and yeah i think to fix this they would have had to to fix this the way i'd like they would have had to change his arc a bit to where and i think it would have been stronger if rand Rand's use of the one power was more limited this season because like I, yeah. I I think at this point in the, where the show was it would have been like Rand can use the one power why is he dueling this guy you know mm-hmm. whereas in the book he couldn't really at least not like consciously control it and right. so I, I essentially I agree like they'd written themselves kind of into this position and this is the fallout of it and it fell flat for me and I guess personally I don't see the the huge like that as being a huge thing I mean, I do understand that Rand is like a good swordsman and everything, and like he's definitely a blade master, and that definitely was part of the books. And so I'm not trying to like necessarily minimize that, but like if that's something that gets cut from the show, I don't think it's like a series breaking thing. I think it's just maybe right. Not it's not series breaking, but why why have that confrontation at all? Well, you you still so just do you just cut Tarok entirely, or do you? Yeah, I mean, like there was no Schrader? there was no reason for that confrontation. Yeah. The whole Turok character in the show did nothing. Yeah, I mean, just it kind of. Well, it does. It, he did. He more. It more was the internal conflict between Ashamael, Suroth, and like them and being being in conflict with Turok and adding some drama there. A little. Like he bit. could have had a, a much more minimal role, really, just to be focused on the Shanchan part, which it did. It just didn't make sense. Like, why? Why have that confrontation if it ends so quickly? and like doesn't have it doesn't bring the consequences that it had in the book it was just kind of like yeah i don't know i guess and then it's also just a, a little mini boss that Rand can defeat too but it but he didn't defeat it like a boss it you know it was over in a second so that, that's what i mean like it didn't really correct mean... looked cool like he came on yeah. and but a that's funny what i'm saying is it... and did some sword maneuvers so it looked cool well, but also it shows you Rand's power level that like even, you know, like kind of a king or like a leader, a big leader, a general yeah. person among the Sanjin Rand can just bulldoze over. Right. I guess what I'm saying is they didn't need Turok to do that. They could have just done that. Like if they weren't going to have the memorable Turok Rand confrontation, don't have a Rand Turok confrontation at all, you know? So you have just killed as, as a book reader, as a book reader, like he could have just been, he could have just been like one powering his way through Shanchan soldiers, nameless Shanchan soldiers. And it would have achieved the same, if not better, because they like set it up and then it and it's over. And it's either supposed to be taken comically like Indiana Jones, or if it's supposed to be like an awe and like show the awe of his power, I feel like it was kind of like fell flat for that because it ended so quickly. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. We're, yeah. we're probably spending too much time on this one detail because yeah. there's a ton yeah. we could get into. Let's go forward with Rand and talk about, yeah. I guess, the end with Ishamayel. Yeah, I again, like my my view of a perfect arc for Rand would have been less ability with the one power, more training, 
like more trying to learn how to do it and focusing on how it's like he's not in control of when he can use it or when he can't. So mm-hmm. that way the confrontation with Ishamael is still him not really channeling. And I wish him and Ishamael actually fought. That those are my main criticisms with his arc in this episode is I wish like there was no the whole like battle in the sky. Yeah, Moraine uses her dragon weave to declare him, but there was nothing like anyone could have done that at any time. There was nothing like in the books where it's clearly everyone sees him battling the dark one in the sky. Mm. Like everybody knows like that's the dragon versus like no one saw him on the tower, you know, other than some Shan Chan. It just really minimized that, in my opinion. That's true. Yeah, it seemed like Moraine could have pulled off her Gandalf firework at any time. Yeah, at any time. Like there's nothing... There's mm-hmm. nothing like supernatural to it, I should say, like like him, because I think in the books, it's really at this point, um, I think you could criticize Robert Jordan, him not really knowing exactly what the rules of the world are yet. But I, I think it's assumed uh, Rand and Ishamel were fighting in the world of dreams and that bled into the sky. Like that's the right. That's right. the logic behind it, which, again, like to an average person seeing that that's going to be so much more impressive mm-hmm. than just weaves of the one power which could have happened the like they yeah. did enough with Talramriad that they could yeah. have done that in the show yeah i think they and they, it wouldn't have to be super effects heavy either it would just show them fighting and that people could see it although i, it I guess the way they've set it up that. the way they've set it up in the show is they're basically always sleeping so it would be kind of weird to be entering it in the yeah, like, waking he, world the at this point yeah 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 but that's, that's, my, that's my ideal way to adapt that, which I don't think was out of like out of the realm of possibility. And it's really just the fact that his confrontation wasn't a big confrontation that I had. Mm. I was disappointed by. I think my biggest thing is I have no sense of how strong Rand is. And that's kind of what you were talking about as well. Like one minute he's shielded, the next minute he's just blasting through Torak. And I mean, he doesn't really do much to take out a shamel because Egwene does most of kind of the shielding part but I, yeah. I have no like Rand is the dragon like what does that mean what can he really do yeah and... nothing nothing that he has done in like pivotal moments it couldn't have been done by other characters so far which isn't like like yeah. Josh would say that isn't like series breaking but it it makes it more disappointing for me but that's not to say I found the whole episode pretty entertaining all the way through so there were a lot of things that were kind of nitpicky and I was like, yeah, I don't know if that quite makes sense. Or I don't love that. But my simpler side, I guess, was entertained enough the whole time where I couldn't look away and I basically enjoyed it. And I was able to kind of ignore most of those things. I unfortunately was not able to ignore most of them. <laughs> Jake's our critic. <laughs> well, I was talking to a buddy at work and he was like, he's like, you know, for me, I'm just like, this isn't going to be... Like I can just separate them from the books and then I enjoy it as a TV show. And I, I was thinking around like, I don't think I would enjoy this TV show if it if I didn't know the Wheel of Time, I wouldn't enjoy this TV show. So I only really enjoy it because of the IP, but that also brings its own baggage with it for me. Mm. It's like a catch-22. Like I only enjoy it because it is Wheel of Time, but that also makes me more critical of it. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, you've obviously thought through it. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching it with Mackenzie, who's my, uh, my wife. She's not a book reader. She actually she read the first book, but um, she she enjoys it. I have a brother in law that I watch that watches it. He's really enjoyed this season a lot more than season one. So I, I don't know. I have non book readers in my life that have been enjoying the season, and I've heard from them that they 
think it's a step up as well. Um, yeah, I, I think, think it's a definite step up in yeah. season one for sure. Yeah. So, so we got through Rand. Uh, I, I agree with what you, you were saying though, Stephen. I think that Rand needs to have some more highlights or some more moments. He needs like a training montage. I mean, training montages are overdone. They're not always great, but he needs some, you know, he he's got to do some yeah. like things to show that he's leveling up, show what he can do, what he can't do, what he's getting better at, etc. They could have had yeah. Loghain training him in the sword if they didn't want Land to do it. Or they could have had like more scenes of him trying to learn to use the one f- power from Loghain and not really being able to. And I think that could have grounded him more. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one of the highlights, which you mentioned, which I totally forgot about, I think that they're setting up parents' storyline in a pretty profound way. Yeah, I like the change they had. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that was really smart, actually, because I, I not to, I don't want to spoil things going forward, but the the confrontation with Perrin and the White Cloaks, I think it's going to be a lot more personal, a lot more meaningful, a yeah, lot more I agree. impactful. Yeah, they've, they've made Dane Bornhald much more reasonable so far than he is in they, the books. Yeah, they in made the him book, sympathetic. More, yeah, they made, made he seems more honorable in the show, more sympathetic and more level-headed, whereas in the books, he's much more of a zealot. And in the books, Perrin doesn't kill Jeffram. You know, he dies fighting the Shan Chan, mm-hmm. but Perrin was there and Dane was, knew Perrin was there and so automatically assumed it's him. Whereas this combines like book one stuff with that conflict, it makes it much more personable, personal. Yeah, which I which I think was great. And yeah. the whole thing, it's like uh, the d- daddy Bornhole, I forget his na- name, but Jeff from. Um, or Joff, yeah, yeah, Jeff from, but like, yeah, yeah he he didn't do anything wrong, really. Like, there is a dog, there's a wolf attacking yeah. one of his soldiers. Like, of course, he's gonna try and take it out. And then mm-hmm. Perrin didn't really do anything wrong because it's like he just watched one of his brothers get chopped in half. You know, like, of course, that's gonna send him into a rage. So I, I think it's it, that's one of those moments that like nobody's really doing anything wrong, but now there's like this blood feud between them that's totally understandable. And well, you know. And it's going to hopefully yeah. play out well. I think one change is they did make Perrin more at fault in the show than he is in the books. And I think that has potential to play out in a better way, honestly. Like you, yeah. you think in, in the books, you felt like it was more justified than what you saw in the show. Yeah. Cause um, this, the scene that's kind of recreating is a combination of when Egwene and Perrin are captured by the white cloaks in mm-hmm. book one and that's when he kills White Cloaks for the first time with the wolves. Right. And that killing of White Cloaks was way more justified than killing Jeffram was. Like he was captured against his will, trying to escape. You know what I mean? Like they were they were mm-hmm. wrong to hold him prisoner. Well, he was being held he was being held down with a knife to his throat by what's his face? And then, you know. Oh no, yeah, no, I, it, it I, makes I more it. sense to kill Valda, but to kill Jeffram in that moment, he went into like a rage and killed him. Mm. and cold blood he didn't kill him to defend himself you know one minor thing with that i thought it was really weird that valda had him like down with a knife against his throat and then jeffram was like come on we're going and he's like okay see ya that yeah. seems weird but yeah. anyway so and and i don't think this is a criticism josh i just think like he killed jeffram more out of like a like bloodlust yeah. rage like that's more cold blood than trying to like save yourself which i think like leads for more tension mm-hmm. and I think it could have better payoffs. So I think Aaron didn't have a ton to do this season and that really helped him move along. Honestly, in the books, I'll be vague because this is kind of a longer conflict, but in the books, this whole conflict for me was just kind of annoying because I was like, come on, you know, really? 
isn't Perrin okay here? Like this happened a long time ago. It was in self-defense. Like, can we just yeah. move past this? It was very drawn out. So I think this is, yeah, I agree. I think this is set yeah. up to be better. And it's going to, hopefully they can play into the the misunderstanding of it a lot. And it'd be interesting. I'd, I'd like to see Dane become like, lose the uh, um, honorable kind of personality that he has, that he seems to have now. Mm. And I'd like to see him become darker and darker. Like that could be um, a cool transition too. Have they had a, like a child buyer figure in the show? I don't remember. Was there one in the first season? Yeah, I don't I, maybe there was with Valda, like whoever was with Valda. I don't remember. Valda is the only mm. main takeaway I had from that. Yeah, which, but kind of a, yeah, yeah like a darker, a, a dark yeah. cloak, you could say. A dark cloak, yeah. <laughs> a book cloak. <laughs> yeah. Jake, Jake's on his book cloak arc right now. <laughs> book cloak. <laughs> hey, guys, um, you can you can like and dislike things. You can be nuanced. Just don't bring hate <laughs> into it. <laughs> I, I think along the same lines, I think mostly most of Matt's plot in this uh episode was pretty good i think we got to see feel like a a more matt character like personality come through yeah yeah some parts were a little too cheesy for my taste i thought him tying the dagger to a a stick was an interesting move but the way he did it he's like tied it with this flimsy cloth i'm like there's no way that's gonna stay on for like i had the same thought yeah, like, that's going to last like one stroke and then that is going to fall off. And, yeah, and yeah. would it even pierce with one stroke? I mean, I don't remember right. the dagger being melty like that in the uh, first season, but, um, um, and then the the line when he, when he blows the horn and I don't know if we need to talk about it. We all know the horn looked horrible. No idea what they're thinking there. But when he blows <laughs> the horn and the heroes come and then he's like, I know that's who I am. I'm a hero of the I'm horn. Hero of the horn. <laughs> so bad it was great that's the Which, perfect level of cheese but but it's like it's like cheesy not the other it's almost crossed into spider-man 3 level so maybe maybe that will become endearing to just me. Like... <laughs> what was more cheesy that line or loyal's line loyal's little speech Oh, the one that he sets that up. He sets up Uno returning right. and Matt being a thing. He's like, we truly are the heroes of this age. That was that was, uh-huh. that was okay, a good that loyal voice shake I know I've been practicing. Yeah, that was that was not bad. <laughs> He's like rumbling to himself in the books. <laughs> um, the like bumblebee sound. Um, I think Matt's line was cheesier because like loyal loyal also is just a cheesy character in general. Like, yeah, that's true to his character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Matt's been like this dark emo kid all all season, and then he's like, "I'm a hero of the horde." Yeah, <laughs> I know. I feel like his plot, like his arc, did was not great this season, but I, I think he did good things this episode. Super, super disappointing about <clears throat> about men just like falling off the face We're, of the earth. Yeah, they've done men. Why dirty. even? Well, I mean, what's the point of her character? She'll, I, mean, I don't know. She'll come back. She'll come back. I, right. I, yeah. I kind of had this crackpot theory, and this wouldn't have been book accurate, I don't think, but that like Ashamael was like influencing her visions in order to get for her to get Matt to where he needed to be. I don't think he was. I think he no, was no, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he got himself killed almost because he believed in her visions too much you know well no i mean he he played it he played the vision the way he wanted to um by well, the but illusion. he assumed that rand would die when he got hit by the yeah. dagger yeah, yeah. so he so, got over yeah. overcompetent yeah okay yeah. thoughts um, on uh uno the hero of the horn uno another cheesy i thing. loved it that was that jake? was so bad jake come on jake that was so bad <laughs> dude i no actually got a little no bit emotional about no one I talked about at work liked it. Everyone was like, oh yeah, that was terrible. 
Really? No, I I was okay with it. I, I honestly I kind of liked it. I'll I'll be honest, I, I liked it. He didn't he didn't have enough screen time for him coming back to mean anything. Like there was no if you weren't a book fan that didn't really have any feeling to it. Correct. It was it it did seem like something that was just for book fans. People I talked to at work were, were like, oh yeah, I didn't even know that was the same guy. Like so like that obviously yeah. didn't work. Well, and, so then it didn't matter poor, to them, right? <laughs> right, but then like why do it? You know if. People well, aren't yeah. going to get it when you have limited time and resources. Like you want to make sure everything it took counts. up three seconds. He gave Perrin a magic. He was, it was more than three seconds, Josh. Yeah. And he gave Perrin. It a magic was like shield. maybe 10 seconds. He had like, he had like 20 words of dialogue in this episode. That's yeah. more than three seconds, man. They were like, I'm a, I'm he's a like, hero. You're right. Horn. I'm a bloody. He's like, yeah. He's like, let's effing do this. And you're, yeah. you're right. I'm a bloody hero of the horn. And then he's like, uh-huh. Aaron, take, he just also, he just like jumps off the tower from where he's at. And he's like, here you go, Perrin. And he runs off. <laughs> like all the other heroes are up top. <laughs> and so all of a sudden he appears. Also the, Dude, the he's effects. a hero of the horn. He knows that Perrin needs to be saved. How he's got to go how help did he earn? Out. How did he? Yeah. The effects were kind of funny. The blurriness looked really bad. That I think those effects were not. Where they were kind of like zipping around. Yeah, just like the heroes, they moved at the same speed as everyone else, but they were just like blurry when they moved. It was a little bit weird, but the effects. I mean, we know that they're not going to be great at this point. But I think that's a stylistic choice, not a budget choice. Like it's like the horn mm. itself. They could have gotten. Another thing my work buddy said, he's like, they literally could have gone to any high school, grabbed a French horn from the band section, and it would have looked infinitely better than what they had on screen. Okay, but yeah. it does look like we're going to get a pretty book accurate Brigitte, 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 how do you say Brigitte. Brigitte, yeah. Oh man, I forgot to even, I forgot to even look for her. I was looking for her, but the only girl I thought it, or the only woman I thought it focused on was the, the like, samurai lady. I didn't I didn't see the No, there's a there's a blonde archer. Was there? Yeah, I, I missed that. Totally forgot that. I, it's a, I'm a failure as a book fan right now. I was looking for her, but I maybe they just yeah, sure. were cutting around so fast I missed it. I don't know. Or I just missed she it. Was, I, I think she was standing like one in front of Uno. Yeah. And they did I wish they would have like mentioned Arter Hawkwing. That's like that's like mm. part of the dramatic irony of book two is the Shan Chan are the right. armies of Arter Hawkwing returned. And then they fight literally Arter Hawkwing himself, like at the end. Right, right. And they That's had like, a character who looked like he would be Arter. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the guy on uh, Matt's right. Right. I think I think the horn itself was. I think we can agree that was a pretty flopped storyline. Yeah, yeah. It was nothing until it was something, and it did yeah. a lot to redeem who Matt's character was through two seasons, but. Yeah. Did so with some fumbling of the yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. this is a budget thing, so I can I can like accept this more. But there's more than like twelve heroes, right? Honestly, I don't remember. I, remember I imagined it and, and I could be wrong. I imagined it like an army, like at like at least a hundred. Hmm. I didn't imagine that. I imagined maybe like twenty ish. Yeah. Like you're playing it's- some video game and you have like your legendary figure who comes in and leads, you know, the band of whatever, but you can only you only have so much mana to bring out so many of the legendary figures. You only get like 20 of them. <laughs> that was a long explanation. That was stupid. Um, I'm Googling it to see. I, c- I could totally misremember. All right, let's go on to another character yeah. while Jake Googles that and proves me wrong. It says, well, it says at least a dozen here. So maybe it was book accurate. Maybe they name a dozen people and that's why they did that. Mm. So 
Yeah. I mean, budget wise, like, yeah. And honestly, yeah, I even was, if, yeah, even yeah. if it, I'm, even if it were not book accurate, I get the budget reasons for that. So that's not a big complaint. And that was one thing that I really wanted in this episode was to like fill a big scale. I, it didn't really get there. You know, it wasn't two huge yeah. armies, but it felt okay. Like it wasn't, it was it, bigger than all the other conflicts yeah. they've had so far. So I felt like the fate of the city was indeed in the balance, at least. Yeah. I think if Randon and Ashamel had a actual conference, like fight for the episode, I would, I would have been like pretty much satisfied mm-hmm. with the conflict of the episode. Okay. Lane Nynaeve. I was a little disappointed in this one because it seemed like they were setting up them doing something impactful. Yeah. But they, they never really did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they they didn't know how to use Nynaeve this season after the Arches storyline, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think I think she definitely she should have either it got Elaine out or Egwene out, like freed Egwene, or or they should have just like skipped that and had her uh be the healer like it does like it's not it's inaccurate to Nynaeve's character that she wouldn't have been able to heal in that situation like so many times she just makes herself mad and she would have been pissed at this time like seeing so many people hurt and like the injustice around like they they should have leaned into that aspect of her block like make her mad and then she can channel they are bound and determined to make Elaine feel like the most capable independent woman Egwene. that is going to yeah, yeah. Egwene, that is going yeah. to learn everything on her own and defeat anyone like which you know that is a lot of Egwene like she is an awesome yeah. character but I'm honestly fine with most of the Egwene thing I think it wouldn't it wouldn't have been detrimental to Egwene's character to have Nynaeve rescue her and still have the Ishamael showdown and I also think mm-hmm. uh, I think Nynaeve at the very least should have healed Rand like maybe she couldn't heal Egwene but then seeing her own two rivers folk hurt she should right. have been she should have been the one healing rand and been like telling Egwene like hey i need your help as or lane i need your help as well so then rand could still have the <laughs> but, moment <laughs> but no jake they needed elaine there for my second least favorite moment of the whole episode which was what you just mentioned the who are you <laughs> elaine oh best oh, part of man. the episode best part oh josh. josh come on man come on just a second. I got a, I got a screen. I just had it. Um, I got a screen thing for you. You have a screen grab to prove, to prove us all wrong. Uh, do you see her right there? Oh, the blonde. See, I've seen the girl with the, the dark hair. Yes. Yeah, let, let me go. Looking... It, it gets a better shot uh, for like, right. I hope our YouTube uh, subscribers are peering at their phone to see this blurry little tiny. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Right? Wait. Okay. Here, here, here's the better. Here's gotta see shot. this exclusive yeah, yeah, yeah. content. Yeah, that's definitely okay. Brigida. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely yeah, definitely, definitely. I think at the moment I was just nice call. Uno, Wait, Josh, in the in the X-ray, you're on the pause right there. In the X-ray, does it? It doesn't have. Say the no, I looked. Name? It doesn't have. It does not have her named mm. in the X-ray. I wonder if they maybe they haven't officially they, cast her. They yet. might not have casted her. They yeah. they might have just had a, like a an extra or yeah, and so they might use that same actress or cast someone else mm. to yeah, when, but they definitely when and if she gets actual screen time. Well, Moraine and uh, Moraine and Land. I think they were wasted. I don't think they did anything this episode. That was I just don't understand the oaths. So yeah, I don't understand the oaths thing. I felt like that was just weird and not yeah. accurate to what they've done in the books or the TV show. But furthermore, I don't understand the whole convoluted line of thinking where they're like, Landfear put us here so we could stop the 
the shielding, which we know will happen from the boat, because obviously yeah, that's it... where they're going to do the shielding from. And so I we'll send you down just... the secluded beach to stop. Like, wait, that okay, okay. Let me just say, I think that this is all overblown. This has been kind of, wait, wait, this has been like kind of triggering to me. Okay, she, Josh, tell me why. Just I, I feel like I feel like everybody like harps on this. Lamphere knew what Ishmael's plan was. She knew that he had a backup contingency plan to have these the people on the boat getting ready to channel her in. He knew that. How'd she know had, that? Because she was, she had it just. I don't. You do have he, to take some you know, leaps of logic because he, he used this backup plan specifically because Lanfear betrayed him. So if he had shared this plan with her, he wouldn't have used it. Okay, so how would you she just know? have to. You just have to assume. Okay, if you assume that Lanfear had this that's knowledge, that's the big issue, though. Is everything makes sense. Everything makes sense. No, you just. If you can assume that Lanfear had this knowledge somehow, then everything totally makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's a big leap. If like, you how can make would an she irrational know? assumption? Then it no, all it's not an irrational sense. assumption. You just, I, I, I don't know. How it's not that know? hard to see a big, a big uh, fleet of ships out there in the ocean. And like, know that they're gonna, she- they're gonna shield Rand. That's the, that's the part. Like, how would she know that? So I, I don't I, remember enough of the books, but is that a reasonable? Th- and I know we don't want to go purely off the books for this show, but. Is that a reasonable thing to be able to do to shield someone from a boat like at that distance when clearly I they're think, out of line of sight? I think you would need to have line of sight, which I think they were trying to say they did because of the way the tower was. Because he said, like, you'll be in position. Like he said something like that. So I think I think they're supposed to have line of sight in the show. Yeah. I guess I'm okay with that. I mean, that's just something they did for the show, but I'm I don't yeah. I the don't distance, get the yeah. The distance is longer than you could get in the books, but I don't think like I think that's fine. I think the big issue is Lanfear's plot is convoluted to like I'm gonna drop you off here and not tell you anything and just let you do this. When like how would she know? Also, why wouldn't she just tell Lan and Moraine? Like, well, well, theoretically, well, if she if Rand would have heard that she was sending him up there to get and with the strong possibility of him getting shielded or even still, then he probably wouldn't have you know gone up there. I don't know. Like I, I the way it played out, I don't think she could. She ever really had a time where she could go get away from Rand, explain her old plan to Moraine, have Moraine trust her enough to go along with it, and then uh, you know, like I right. think she just yeah, okay, that's valid. Put put Moraine in a position where she needed to be in order. But how to would stop. she know where Moraine needs to be? Either well, like, Jake, maybe no maybe she's just saying we either kick him out here, and they're you know not a part of it. They're not. She's not going to get in my way. Or say Ishamayel does try to do something then I'll have someone that's going to protect Rand kind of on the outside to maybe help out. Yeah, that's I get that's the gist of it. I think the execution not well done and makes sense. I, I thought it was fine. I thought and I thought it worked. I, I think it know. did make like, sense that Lanfear would know. And also it gave Rand, Lan and Moraine nothing to do for like the whole episode until it, the end. Uh, okay, I, I disagree with that. I think it gave what else did they Lan do? and Moraine... Yeah, I think it gave Lan and Moraine a perfect time to have like the their healing, you know, reconnection talk that they needed to have and put them in position to be a vital part of the episode. I thought it did exactly the, what it needs to do with them. The pacing was so off for them just like walking through this desert while this battle was happening. But don't you kind of need that? Like they were broken wasted. up and I mean, in order to not be exhausted by what you're watching, you need a little bit of breakup in the pacing. It can't all be battle 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 yeah. battle so i just no, no. i just watched the battle of blackwater and it would go b- between like this you know epic you know storming uh, storm like having the ships sorry not spoilers for game of thrones but having the ships blown up the whole like um invasion like invading the mm-hmm. shore and the everything outside, and then it would, yeah. 
and then it would flash back to to Cersei and uh, Ned Stark's daughter. Sansa. Uh, Sansa. Uh, oh yeah. Sansa. Like Cersei and Sansa like talking in their like room where all the women and, and children mm-hmm. were. And Oh right, right, right. Cersei yeah, was I like giving Sansa lessons. Like I, I don't I mean, remember that episode th- specifically for the pacing, but the issue I had with this is there was it didn't feel like any tension with Lan and Moraine. They're just wandering, they're not doing anything, and this other battle's happening. Like they didn't need to focus on that. Like they should have had they just should have had Lan and Moraine doing more this episode is I do like what Josh said, where they were at least able to repair their relationship because. Yeah, in the in the cheesiest way ever. Like, do I like that just because I hated it so much at the beginning of the season? Now I'm like, oh, finally, they're undoing the. I, the I to a like certain extent, that's how I feel. Like, it was my least favorite plot line of the se- season. And now at least it's over. It's kind of and maybe I'm being too critical here, but it almost seems like that conflict was pointless. Uh, yeah, I agree. It was just no, like I, filler, I filler for no reason. So like, yeah. maybe that's why the the repairing wasn't satisfying for me because it's like this is pointless, anyways. And then rebonding, like, did she dismiss the bond? Actually, See, that, that's another thing that people complaining about. I, I think it, I think it was just a dramatic way. Like in the she book, channeled it, though, she rebonded him. Well, maybe or was, it was just like the just bond for people come back watching together. the show to see something, see two pretty people doing something she that's kind of. He literally yeah. asked for the bond back. She rebonded him. Well, you show. can, you can, you can shield, you can like block the bond, right? Like, yeah, yeah that's, that's but then you I just said. bring it back. You don't have to do any kind of like yeah, complicated. Yeah, but I, it's probably just a visual thing. Like, a, I don't know. They they made it act that scene. I didn't. I thought she was just suppressing the bond the whole time, and then I assumed as soon as she was unshield, like, or maybe the bond was gone because she was shielded. I don't know. But I assumed as soon as she was unshielded that the bond was back until this episode, and I was like. Oh, did I miss I, that she actually? I think you're just reading into on? it. I think I think it was just a way to show that the bond was reestablished. No, I'm not. I'm not reading into it. They literally said, "Give me the bond again." Like that, she literally rebonded him in the show, and I thought I had missed. I don't think she, she rebonded him. him. I think that she she let the bond back. Like we're, it's kind of semantics, but they had talked about like not semantics well, it's at the, all. It's the difference between doing it again or reestablishing what's already there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like reconnecting to Wi-Fi versus like adding the network again. Like it's kind of good, good, good analogy. Okay, <laughs> Josh, Josh, this. But why? So I had assumed up to the point the bond was back already. Why, if the bond wasn't, why would she wait until that point to unshield the unmask the bond? If that's all she had done was, she probably it? wasn't. She probably wasn't ready to let Land back in. They had to break through their, you know, emotional. It was just it's just a dramatic there. character arc. No, it, it doesn't was, need to be like a huge. Like no, it was it was poor, it was a poorly written plot to begin with, and that was it didn't like I'm still not sure what the the way they wrote it. The bond was gone, and she rebonded him. That's literally I, I, when they were when they were together, and the weaves were going around them. That was bonding a warder. That's what she was doing. How do you know that? I, I, okay, fine. I, I don't Context know. Clues, I, I, man. <laughs> like I don't think so. I think it, they, he had a big conversation with uh, with one of Alana's warder about them constantly masking the bond whenever they weren't in battle and how hard that was for him. Like they set up that bond that bonds could be yeah. masked and unmasked. Yeah, and that's what I assumed was happening. But yeah. you don't do that to unmask a bond. You you don't what have some cool visual effect in a TV show. I I think you're reading way too much into like a little visual effect for dramatic purposes. No, man, your your purpose. I think you're not being intellectually honest with yourself. That I, that was a bonding. There's moment. like a there's like a 15 second visual effect in a TV show, and like 
and it was not the, it was the climax about it that was like the climax or the, the resolution of their conflict yeah re-establishing it wasn't just their... it wasn't just a 15 second thing that was e- the resolution either way they're they're re-establishing their bond and and if and you're saying that it was completely gone and i'm saying it was being unmasked and they would have had to channel either way to do that what what's the no, you what's don't the have big to deal channel here? you don't have to channel to mask or unmask a bonk you don't I think okay at this point fine. we've established yeah. both sides of the argument so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to accept a yeah. disagreement and move on but you you both articulated your thoughts so yeah good job good job good debate thank you thank you i feel like you both feel like you won so you know take that home <laughs> take that to the uh, bank. it depends what a win is is a win convincing the other side because <laughs> If so, no, that's establishing that did not happen, but you were both able to yeah. articulate what you thought and it made sense from your point of view. So good job. Okay. So we only have a couple minutes left, yeah. but let's just end on the forsaken thing. I thought the way that, I mean, they obviously portrayed the whole uh, forsaken seals and everything differently. I thought it was fine. Um, I liked the way that they, that uh, Ishmael broke the seals because it wasn't super obvious, but there was a moment where he was like dusting off his hands and I think if yeah. you were paying attention, you would have, you know, picked up pretty, pretty quickly what was going on, but it wasn't focused on until the end. So I thought that was pretty well done. And I'm, I thought Mogideon at the end was also uh, pretty good. So I'm looking forward to more Forsaken on yeah. these. I like the, I like how they brought in Bale Dome. And again, I think that was a really good way. That was a good example of bringing in a character that has been a small role, but it's like, oh, I remember this person. And it kind of connects how, why mm-hmm. they were important in the beginning. I wonder, I wonder how they're doing the seals. Like, is breaking all the seals just freeing the Forsaken? Because it's definitely doing that. But is it also like, are there more they, seals that need to be broken for the Dark One? Yeah, to be they haven't really, they haven't really addressed like the Dark yeah. One's prison or seals at all yet. It doesn't seem like it, but it, it'd be interesting if somehow Bale Doman did escape with a couple seals or something, and so that's why the Dark One isn't free. Mm. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think for the most part, the. I like the the idea of introducing the freed forsaken right there. I, again, I just thought like Mo Gideon was a little cheesy, and with the spider web weave, it looked it didn't it didn't look great on my phone at two in the morning. That's what I'll say. Jake, <laughs> on your phone at two in the morning, come on, you're outing yourself, man. I mean, that's the only chance I have to, time to watch TV. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, on my giant 4K TV, it looked amazing. <laughs> oh, did it? I I bet it looked worse, honestly. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't really have that nice of a TV. I have a decent TV, but it's not anything special. Well, you, you can get a giant a giant 4K TV that's for like $200 now. So Insane. That is true. Uh, have you seen that meme that like everything is expensive in 2023 except for TVs? I mean, I feel like we we were definitely maybe more critical than I was planning at the outset. If you uh, want my unfiltered views on the episode, because I liked it more than Jake, um, yeah. maybe, I don't know. I, I do... There were a lot of things that like, you're not wrong in the critiques you're bringing up. I just, for whatever reason, they didn't bother me as much. I just guess I just chose to be yeah. entertained. I don't know. And if, and if you, I mean, I don't know if you could choose to be entertained. If it entertains you, it entertains you. And I think that's fine. Like you can, Correct. I think you can agree. You can see my points and still like it. And you could disagree yeah. with my yeah. points. You know, that's, I guess I'm just able to suspend belief a little bit yeah. more. I don't know. As long as you're actually accept, as long as you're acknowledging the the validity of the core, and not saying <laughs> that it was a 15 second scene for no reason. Okay, Josh, you have you have 15 to 20 seconds. I acknowledge the validity of everything except it. for the. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, uh, I was just gonna say should we all do our like ratings for the uh, for the sh- maybe the finale and the season as a whole. 
Yeah, if we literally do it in like yeah, it's like two seconds. Okay, okay. For finale. I'm going going in eight for the season. Or yeah, finale eight, season seven. Uh, season six and a half finale, probably six. I'm same as Josh, eight and seven. Hey, I mean, six and a half and seven is not bad for a season. So I think at this point they've set up nicely for season three. Uh, I'll bump season seven. Okay, season nice. seven. We seven. solid yeah. C. Yeah, solid C. All right, Jake's Jake. We got a passing grade from Jake. That's that's W for please make degrees, guys. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but I do feel like in this in this season, the strongest stuff is when they stuck the books. That's probably some bias because I love the books, and so I like I connect with those moments more. But I do think that those things just came across the screen better. And I hope that they can do that more in season three because yeah. now they've set up to actually be in place yeah. to do book it, four. It looks like they're making an effort. Book. It looks like they're making an effort to get back on track with some of the book things. Yes. Is, I, I think to me, it's not even like the um, accuracy to the books. It's just a lot of the plots have like wasted time. Like they need to, I'm hoping for tighter writing in season three where like, each moment really matters to the next and like isn't just inflated drama for the sake of we don't know what to do with this character this season. yeah okay on that note thanks guys good review yeah let us know what you think in the comments or hop on our discord etc etc all the links are on our episode descriptions see you later